You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I have a proposition, and that is, when in doubt, you should Google it, right? Like, if you don't know something, go to Google. All right, well, as a tried and true millennial with a minor addiction to search engines, it pains me to say that sometimes it's actually better to lay off Google. Well, at least in the context of health, diet, and nutrition. I mean, I can't even tell you how many clients I have who book their first session with us, with one of our dietitians, and when we ask them, like, hey, you know, what made you come see a dietitian? What are you hoping to accomplish? They'll tell us their goals, but they also mention like, hey, you know, and I feel so overwhelmed by all of this stuff on the internet. Like, I don't know what's right. I don't know what I should be eating or how I should be eating. I don't know if I should be counting calories or macros or eating vegan or fasting or eating six times per day or is keto the better approach? And I'm like, good Lord, I get it. The internet is littered with self-proclaimed nutrition gurus and phony practitioners with bogus online certifications who swear by a certain dietary pattern. But the troubling thing is that for every idea or belief that someone puts out there, someone else has a complete contradiction to that approach, right? The most black and white example I can think of is for someone who is vegan and claims that vegan is the best way to eat for whatever reason. Uh, There's somebody who is carnivore or keto, and that's pretty much as opposite from vegan as one can get. If you don't know what the carnivore diet is, this is something I would say get on Google and look up because it's quite fascinating. I wouldn't really recommend it for 99.9% of people, but essentially you just eat red meat and salt and water. But if you are a person who is hoping to make a change to your health, perhaps your physique, uh, your diet, it can be extremely overwhelming just sifting through all of this information, trying to decide what to choose. I mean, you can spend hours upon hours researching the pros and cons of each and every diet. And even a simple search of like the best diet for fat loss or for, you know, burning extra weight can often open up a time-sucking black hole of link clicking and blog surfing that honestly just leaves you more confused than when you started. There's actually a name for this and I recently heard this and I'm like, oh my God, so many of my clients come in after suffering from this I don't know if it's an official term, but kind of a nickname, and it's called analysis paralysis. And I kind of mentioned it on episode 67, but it's analysis paralysis. And and what does that translate to? Well, it's overanalyzing all of these potential solutions so that you eventually feel paralyzed. 
meaning you don't do anything, you just kind of freeze up. So instead of just choosing one approach or making a decision and immediately taking some kind of action, you end up drowning in possibilities and all of these what ifs keep you from even making a single change or at least sticking to a single change. Right, so I see a lot of people who might take action right away. Like they get on Google and they see like, oh, you know, like plant-based, vegan, this is the way to go. And they do something and they commit to it, whether they really think through if this is the right approach for them or not, but then they immediately start to second guess their approach as soon as they see somebody like their Aunt Sharon on Facebook posting about the latest and greatest diet or some chemical ridden nutrition shake or a goofy weight loss program that has you monitoring foods based on stoplight, right? The red foods are bad, the green foods are good, like enough of that baloney. So instead of saying consistent, these people, they hop from diet to diet and they never actually learn how to eat on their own. They're just abiding by different sets of rules all the time, hoping to get some kind of result. And sometimes, not always, I think this technique is a subconscious behavior that a lot of people have uh, driven by fear. And what I mean is people have this fear of actually achieving something or they have a fear of not being capable of seeing something all the way through. Maybe they haven't accomplished a goal in the past or maybe they have a, a reputation of bouncing from idea to idea and not committing to something so they don't actually believe that they can see something all the way through. So they just subconsciously or maybe even consciously make a, a 180 to a new diet or new eating approach or health approach, whatever it might be. Now, there's a psychologist, I hadn't heard of him before, but his name is Barry Schwartz. And he coined this phrase called the paradox of choice. And I think it's brilliant. It describes his consistent findings that while increased choices allow us to achieve objectively better results, right? You think, oh, I have all these choices, which means I'll definitely find a better result for me, which is kind of true. It also leads to greater anxiety, indecision, paralysis, and dissatisfaction. I think the best example, there's a few examples. I'll share this one because it's related to food. One of the best examples I can think of is when you go to a restaurant like the Cheesecake Factory. Have you been to the Cheesecake Factory before? Their meal and dessert options are so vast, it's hard to decide when you know what you want to get when you open up this booklet that they pop down in front of you and they're like, here's the menu, and you're like, what? Is this a dictionary? I mean, it is like a textbook. It's just full of different options. So you start flipping through and you're like, do I want red wine or white wine? Do I want, you know, steak tacos or shrimp scampi? Do I want Thai chicken salad or what they call a glam burger? And then if you even open up the cheesecake section, there's like a gazillion types of cheesecake, Oreo cheesecake, red velvet cheesecake, plain cheesecake. It's like, what? I mean, I don't know about you, but after agonizing over that menu, I always just end up wondering like, what have I been happier if I'd gotten the Oreo cheesecake instead of the red velvet cheesecake? There's just so many potential options that I don't forget about the runners up, right? When they put the food in front of me, I'm like, maybe I'll like it, it tastes good, but you know, it's in my head. Or like if you go to the nail salon, there's like too many different colors of nails for my ladies listening. It's like, oh, am I really gonna be happy with this shade of red when there's a hundred other shades of red, right? Now consider, you know, going back to the food example, consider a catered lunch. You know, you're going to some luncheon for an event and you pick between either a soup or a salad. For your entree, you get beef or chicken. And for dessert, you get cake or pie, 
right? When there's less options, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. There's no FOMO, fear of missing out. You don't stress over what to order because you pick between A, B, maybe C, and not the whole freaking alphabet like you do at Cheesecake Factory. So can you see how this translates into the, uh, the diet world? I mean, Google aside, there are so many different mediums now to obtain nutrition information. You got Netflix documentaries, don't even get me started. You got bloggers, you got podcasts, hey, <laughs> you got Instagram, you got Facebook, especially, God, Facebook groups, many of which, by the way, are facilitated by multi-level marketing people or boss babes <laughs> pushing supplements and products for their own business or whatever they call it, right? And then, of course, just talking to friends, family, peers. And if you're old school and you're watching TV and reading books, there's stuff in there too, right? It goes on and on and on. And and here's the thing, and I'm just going to say this. A lot of those sources do house reputable information from experts. I mean, I like to think that our blog and our podcast is extremely reputable. We're registered dietitians. We're very careful about what we put out there. But for every reliable suggestion or evidence-based recommendation, there seems to be like as 10 times as many quacks out there just spewing BS, right? And, and full disclaimer here, I don't know if it's exactly 10 times as many. I'm not a statistician here. I'm just, I'm not claiming to know exactly that there's 10 times as many quacks out there. It just kind of seems like that. I see a lot of random crap. For every one piece of good information, there seems to be 10 pieces of BS. Like for instance, okay, so I I was listening to this other, I would consider reputable nutrition podcast. It's called Sigma Nutrition. It's uh, definitely catered more towards people who are in the health medical nutrition industry. They use a lot of uh, health-related jargon. So it's not just for the average listener, but they have this hilarious segment that they call the Quack Asylum. And the other day I was listening to an episode and they mentioned this self-proclaimed doctor. She was some kind of doctor. I don't know if she was that reputable or not. They didn't seem to think so. Uh, And she made comments about how women should only eat root vegetables on weekends to avoid excessive weight gain. All right, so if you can see my face right now, I'm like, really? As a dietitian, I hear this and I'm like, who would believe that garbage? I mean, telling somebody, especially women, you know, just grouping women into one huge category, telling them it's not okay to have a carrot more than once or twice a week. I mean, that's ludicrous, right? A carrot, a sweet potato, a beet, those are all root vegetables. So I hop on the good old Google train, a Google search um, scholar, the scholar feature to see if there is even an ounce of evidence to back up her claim and spoiler alert, there's not. But guess what I do find? research that supports the intake of root vegetables. I mean, there was a study done by the European Prospective Investigation into Cancer study that found that eating various root vegetables, such as turnips, radishes, beets, carrots, are actually beneficial, helping to prevent chronic diseases like diabetes. Like, okay, like to me, from my perspective, I'm like, of course. But then I try to put myself in the position of someone who might not have an education in nutrition. I try to think of things in terms of what if somebody was giving me some bad financial advice because I'm not a financial expert. I mean, that stuff overwhelms and confuses me and I don't know where to turn. So if someone tells me I need to do something, I might believe it. I have to be really careful about that. And so a lot of people feel that way about nutrition and I understand. So imagine, this is how I feel if I'm reading something from somebody who claims to be a money expert or a financial guru. 
you read some research from a reputable source that's not very exciting or sexy, but it makes sense. But then this financial guru with a brilliant marketing team and fancy title tells me to do something else. I mean, it's easy to buy into that. I mean, from a nutrition perspective, imagine someone tells you um, to eat or to avoid, you know, whole real food from the earth, or you might get fat. They use scare tactics and marketing gimmicks to prey on people's desperation to lose weight. And the truth is, guys, healthy nutrition and reputable weight loss advice just ain't sexy, right? And guess what sells? Sex, you ever heard that? Sex sells. So you can kind of see the angles that people are getting at. However, I do wanna point out something really important because I, I sound like I just chugged a whole bottle of Haterade, right? It is extremely important to point out that when it comes on deciding on how you want to structure your diet and which foods you wanna include in more often and which ones you wanna avoid, whether it's for general healthy living, reducing symptoms of chronic diseases or hormone imbalances or weight manipulation, there is more than one healthy approach to all of those. I need to say that again, there's more than one right way. So if you are sifting through diets, your first red flag should be if the promoter or the enthusiasts of this particular approach claim that their way of eating is the only way to eat or the best way to eat. So if someone is saying the only way to lower your cholesterol is to go completely raw vegan, or the best way to lose weight is to cut out carbs, your ears should perk up because those are very bold claims, my friend. And bold claims need to be supported by research and evidence, okay? Truth is, most people are too lazy to search out and seek out that evidence. So they just go along with the marketing claims. I'm guilty in many areas of my life, but that's why it's important to consult an expert who is paid, trained, and educated to follow through with such research, right? So let's just say, here's a, a more down-to-earth example, right? Let's say you're following an overall healthy diet for a week, and you don't see changes in your physique like you'd hoped, right? Then you go on, you mind your own business, scrolling on Instagram, and you see a testimonial of a before and after photo of someone who claims they lost 30 pounds. And seeing as you have just started a weight loss journey yourself, this catches your eye and you're like, hmm, all right, let's see what they've got to say here in the caption. And you scroll down, you, you click read more, and you read, hey ladies, are you trying to shed 30 pounds of pure body fat and get toned? Then you must detox from all of the following. No fruit, no bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, carrots, sugar, anything processed except my protein shakes, skinny tea, and low-carb protein bars. Use my code BULLSHIT10 in the link in bio. Anyway, in just nothing except anything I get a kickback from and you'll burn fat instantly. Join my eight-week carb detox challenge, blah, 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 blah. Right, you get my point. I know I'm exaggerating, kind of. I mean, some people have gotten sneakier, but not everyone. But I know how claims made by pictures of people with hot bodies, whether it's real or photoshopped, can make you want to forget about eating a practical, nutritious, balanced diet over a long period of time and begin to restrict yourself so you too can shed body fat like it's hair on a dog in summer, right? It's easy to buy into those things when people are good at marketing them. But we forget two things, right? Number one, homegirl on Instagram, she's trying to pay her bills, y'all. And that billion dollar diet industry, that is a great place to monetize her six pack, whether it's real or not, whether she earned it by hard work or genetics. 
And two, we forget that the key is sustainability, right? The, you know, you can feel so motivated in a moment, but in the end, your body is going to push back after a lack of nutrition if you continually, continuously restrict it. And let's say you're following this low carb detox diet, eventually your body's gonna freak out and send you signals to eat carbs, and you will. Willpower is finite, guys. It, it, it goes away eventually. And as soon as you do give in, I don't even wanna say give in, but as soon as you give into your body's natural survival cues, and you do eat carbs again, you're gonna feel this intense pleasure. Your dopamine receptors are gonna be on fire and you're gonna be like, damn, this potato is good. And then after days or weeks, or if you are some of the elites that go months of deprivation, you are like, boom, all in, and your diet goes from vegetables and supplements to purely cereal, chips, cookies, crackers, crap, right? So then you're back at square one and any progress you made has been lost. But in hindsight, if you had stayed with the consistent, practical, not so sexy approach, you probably would have been farther along. And I know consistency, God, that is such, (laughs) um, some might think an annoying buzzword. I get it. So let me kind of define it out per our good old pal Webster's dictionary, right? Consistency as a noun the achievement of a level of performance that does not vary greatly in quality over time. Or if you were to describe someone or something as consistent, as an adjective, acting or done in the same way over time, especially so as to be fair or accurate. I love it, I love it so much. I love the consistency as a noun, the achievement that does not vary greatly. I mean, this does not mean you can't adjust and reflect, right? It says you can vary, but not greatly. I kind of explain um, that adjusting and reflection piece in the previous episode, episode 67. But she just, it means you just don't bounce back and forth like a freaking ping pong ball, right? Being consistent entails that you quit overthinking and second guessing your path. When you overanalyze a situation, the repetitive thoughts, anxiety, and self-doubt Decrease the amount of working memory you have available to complete challenging tasks. These tasks could include planning healthy meals, getting your workout or exercise in, making healthy choices when you're dining out, grocery shopping according to your list and not throwing in a bunch of garbage in your cart, meal planning like you had told yourself you're going to do, right? The anxiety alone from just overthinking actually debilitates your ability to follow through with a sound plan. And another fun fact, if we're going to talk about willpower, overthinking really eats that up. A fascinating study published by the National Academy of Science actually looked at the decisions of a board of judges, parole board of judges, over 10 months, right? And this included 11,000 cases regardless of severity of the crime. And the study found judges were significantly more likely to grant parole earlier in the morning and immediately after a break. Cases that came in before judges at the end of long sessions were much more likely to be denied. And what explains these surprising findings? Well, the judges were experiencing what psychologists would call decision fatigue. Each decision or choice that we make including what to eat for breakfast, what to order from Starbucks, 
who to listen to on our drive to work, right? That drains what I call our mental energy break, or excuse me, and mental energy bank. Now this explains why when we agonize over a decision, we deplete our energy bank much more quickly, and that causes us to feel exhausted or overwhelmed. And here's something I want you to remember. This is a big piece to take away. When you feel overwhelmed, you do nothing or you quit. Not to mention, decision fatigue also makes us more likely to choose not so healthy things, right? Unhealthy food or to skip exercise in favor of binge watching Netflix. We've all been there, right? After a long day, all you want to do is just veg out on the couch and eat potato chips. It's a, it's, it's a real thing, okay? So in short, overanalyzing a decision makes it much more difficult to make a high-quality, long-term choice, such as, I don't know, staying consistent with a practical, digestible approach to weight loss or health throughout just the day or even the week. This could explain why you feel really motivated on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but Thursday, Friday, you're like, oh my god, I'm so tired of all of this crap that I put on my plate and you give up completely because you're overwhelmed. And it could also explain if you start to take on a new approach and you're sitting there reading and researching different possibilities, you're gonna feel tired after you exit out of that web browser three hours later. Plus, overthinking isn't fun, right? No one ever leaves that situation feeling like, yay, I'm so uplifted and cheerful now that I've spent hours second guessing myself. So the question comes to how do we stop analyzing and start doing? I'm gonna give you five tips to stop overthinking and actually get your booty into gear. So number one is really important. Well, I'm gonna say they're all important, but number one, super important. And that is to get clear and specific on not only your objective, like what you're trying to achieve, but also the process, right? You gotta come up with exactly what you want to achieve and map out how you want to achieve it. This way, you have a better idea of your nutrition criteria, meaning foods you want to include, non-negotiables, things you don't want to give up, or things that you won't or will want to do. So instead of just saying, I want to lose 30 pounds, okay, that means you will, sounds to me like you'll do anything to lose that 30 pounds, and who knows what doing anything would entail. Instead of saying, like, I just want to lose 30 pounds, Add some layers, add some non-negotiable boundaries, kind of like your dating life, right? You wouldn't, if you're, you know, a six-figure earner, you wouldn't settle for some homeless guy on the side of the street who smells like trash, right? I mean, if you're a professional business person, you should set boundaries and standards for yourself. So the same should go with dieting. Or how, when I say dieting, I mean how you eat. Diet in the terms of the food that you consume. So instead of saying, I want to lose 30 pounds, say, I want to achieve a weight where I feel comfortable and confident without having to completely eliminate chocolate, wine, or cheese, count calories, or spend over $40 a month on supplements, pills, or powders. So why is this important? Why does this help? Well, if and when, I should say, you feel tempted to divert from the course, you can measure up an opposing approach to your ideal process. So You might see a diet that promises weight loss if you cut dairy, eh, nix it. Or you see something that says you can burn 30 pounds of fat with a monthly fat burner pill subscription, eh, pass. It's out of your budget, you said you weren't gonna do that. Or something says you're gonna lose weight on a 30-day alcohol-free challenge, 
as long as you're counting calories with it. Well, that already, that contradicts two of your criteria. You want to still enjoy wine now and then and you don't want a calorie count. Or if it says you can't have sugar on days that end in Y, I mean, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So when you can remember what's important to you and your quality of life, you won't make the process unbearable. And you'll be able to actually enjoy the journey, as the gurus say, enjoy the journey, and therefore stick to it, right? The things we like, we continue to do for the long haul. And I'm saying there's going to be sacrifices, right? When it comes to any lifestyle change, there's going to be sacrifices and self-discipline involved, of course. But it should not involve complete restriction or gimmicks, and it shouldn't go against what's important to you completely. Number two. This one's way easier said than done, and that's limit the amount of information you consume. When the urge to read up about new diets or watch weight loss videos on YouTube or read a bunch of lose it threads on Reddit, when that urge strikes, just close the tab. Don't second guess your approach unless A, a significant amount of time has gone by and you haven't made progress or seen or felt change, uh, measurable change, or B, A health professional you know and trust suggests otherwise. You're not going to get very far if you don't give a specific approach that you choose, uh, whether it's to a food or to a lifestyle change. If you don't give it a chance to actually work its magic, how are you ever going to know if it was the right approach or not? I mean, it takes some time, patience, and minimal trial and error. So that's just take that as for what it is. But how can you eliminate some of that trial and error? Well, with tip number three, and and that's to make your decision the right decision, (laughs) okay? And sometimes you might find that on Google by yourself. But again, remember my estimated 10 times as much bullshit information is on Google as there is for every one piece of practical advice. You might hit lucky, you might strike gold, or you might just end up on some bogus program, right? Just like me when I'm looking up financial advice. So... You can save a lot of time and energy by just investing it in a professional. I mean, that's what we do. That's our job at Nutrition Awareness. I mean, we meet with people one-on-one and basically interview them to help them find and customize an eating plan that not only meets their goals and helps them get to their aspiration efficiently using evidence-based and expert recommendations but we make sure it fits their lifestyle. And if there are things in their lifestyle that could get in the way, we always find solutions, right? So if you are constantly second guessing what to do or just hitting roadblock after roadblock and you're like, why do I feel like I'm just going in circles here? Why do I feel like a hamster on a wheel? Well, validation and guidance from an expert that you trust and connect with, I think that's really important, right? You're not gonna follow the advice of someone you don't respect or connect with. That could really be the direction that you need. And, you know, I'll I'll take this moment to let you know that that's what we do for people at Nutrition Awareness. We actually have this coaching program called the Daily Accountability Program, and it specifically helps people stay on track and quit yo-yo dieting and bouncing around. And it helps people who know what they need to do, or maybe they just learned about what they need to do to lose weight or reverse diabetes, improve their relationship with food, quit binge eating. They know consciously what they need to do, but for some reason they keep falling off track. Well, our daily accountability program is a virtual daily coaching program where we 
make sure that you know what you need to be doing and that you take consistent and intentional action every single day. So if this is something that you're like, hmm, that sounds like something I could benefit from, well, I want you to apply for the Daily Accountability Program. We call it DAP. You can apply and learn more about it. You don't even, the application's free, by the way. You go to nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching and you scroll to the bottom of the page and you see DAP apply here. You click that button and there's a little quick application where you tell us what your ultimate goals are, what your biggest struggles are, what your expectations are, and one of us reaches out to you and either invites you to continue on with the program or we find a coaching program that's better suited for you. So if the daily accountability is too intense, there's other options. We'll make sure that you find something. But essentially this program, it forces you to create healthy habits that you can sustain for the long haul so that you never have to diet again and you never have to sign up for some goofy, you know, calorie counting, point tracking weight loss gimmick again. So I'll put the link to that application in our bio on the show notes. I know some people just prefer to type it in. So it's nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. The fourth tip I got for you, plan for the healthy decisions that matter the most for your goals, the ones that actually move the needle and schedule or prepare them in advance. All right. Now, how does this help? Well, this can limit that decision fatigue and that urge to diverge, (laughs) the urge to diverge from the course that you're following. Some ways you can intentionally put a system in place include meal planning and meal prepping, right? I mean, this is timeless advice, but if you have the energy on Sunday because you didn't have to exhaust all of your mental energy at work or taking kids to practice or driving them around answering calls, well, you've got that energy in you to plan and prep meals. That way, that's just a few less decisions you have to make during the week. I will say if you are new to meal planning and prepping, I do advise with starting with just one meal. And let's say that that's lunch, right? Because uh, again, if you commit to planning breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, well, you're going to end up feeling overwhelmed. And remember, when you feel overwhelmed, you're more likely to quit or do nothing. So I'd say if you are working a nine to five, even if you're working from home right now due due to the pandemic, start with one meal, get that habit rolling, pick lunch, plan and prep lunches in advance, and gradually work your way up to prepping other meals and snacks as you get into a groove. Pick the things that you struggle the most with first because that's going to help move the needle. You can also decide in the morning when you're going to exercise and schedule it into your calendar, writing it in your agenda or on your uh, Google Calendar, iCalendar, whatever you use. Uh, Treat it like an appointment and decide earlier in the day. Do not diverge from this plan. If you say you're going to go to the gym from 5 to 6, you go to the gym from 5 to 6. If you commit to a yoga class at 6 a.m. like I did this morning, no matter how tired you are, you go to it anyway, okay? You just do it and you execute and you don't overthink it. You just get up and go. Schedule it in. Treat it like an appointment. You can fill your water bottle the night before. Fill up four water bottles if you need to, reusable ones, I might add, and just leave it ready to go by your packed lunch or where you can just grab it easily. If you're going out to eat for an occasion that isn't that big of a deal to you and you want to not uh, diverge from your, your weight loss or healthy eating plan, 
Look up the restaurant menu in advance and purposely decide on a healthy choice. If cracking open the menu and looking at the options when you actually get to the restaurant tempts you, just don't do it. Just say you don't need a menu. You already know what you're going to get, all right? Order first, if that helps, because I know sometimes hearing somebody order a bacon cheeseburger with extra lard and butter on the bun with french fries can make you feel tempted. So just do your thing first, all right? And then also setting bedtimes or self-timers on your phone. This can enhance your productivity and limit the amount of mental energy you're draining on social media throughout the day. My last and favorite uh, tip for that is to pick the podcast you're going to listen to the night before. That way you aren't tempted to just listen to a bunch of random stuff. You have intentionally picked out a good source of information to fill your brain with instead of cluttering it with a bunch of uh, contradicting info. All right. And my fifth tip for getting rid of analysis paralysis is to get out of your own head. (laughs) Like talk it out with someone else, right? So whenever you begin to feel a little bit paralyzed by a health-related decision, reaching out for a trusted someone's opinion can lead to a decision that you're happier with and more content with. So this might mean you have an accountability buddy or you schedule a meeting with a friend, a mentor, or hell, a dietitian if you're doing the DAP program, right? If you present your deliberations to somebody else, it forces you to sort through any kind of conflicting information that's going on in your head. And it helps you do so in a clear and concise way. Well, at least more clear and concise than when it was all bouncing around when you were by yourself, right? Plus, having outward validation of your ideas from someone whose opinion you respect can be exactly what you need to overcome any kind of self-doubt and build the confidence to take action. Taking action, that kind of leads me to a sixth bonus point. James Clear, if you've never heard of him, he's the author of Atomic Habits. It's an incredible book, highly recommend. He gives some spot on awesome advice for overcoming paralysis and taking action towards your goals. Start before you feel ready. I see so many people, I I talked about this in a podcast, it was called, um, oh, I can't remember which episode it was. (laughs) I should have looked that up because I'm just kind of rambling now. But it was like four or five episodes ago where we talked about perfectionism and how that's the enemy of progress uh, and how it's actually a form of procrastination. And so I see a lot of people who collect and they analyze more and more information uh, because it's kind of a way to overcome uncertainty with you know, that just happens to come on with taking on big goals, right? You want to, you know, reverse your your high blood sugars, right? Well, collecting and analyzing all these different approaches kind of makes you feel like you're doing something. It makes you feel like you're productive and it kind of tricks your brain into taking action and soothes it. But then you walk away hours later and nothing's changed. You've just got a bunch of different options and ideas and you don't know what to do, right? It's easy to trick yourself and to think you're making progress, by planning and researching and thinking and creating pros and cons lists. But in the end, action is what decides your ultimate success or failure. I see this a lot when it comes to meal planning. I see people who spend hours going through Pinterest and 
agonizing over the nutrition content of every single freaking recipe. And at the end of the day, they send up eating hamburger helper, <laughs> right? Because they're like, I didn't know what to choose. I didn't know if a, the Mediterranean grain bowl was healthy because it had nightshade vegetables. It had bell peppers in it and it used dressing. And then I didn't know if the shrimp tacos were okay because they used flour tortillas and I heard gluten's bad, but then the corn tortillas caused me some... Uh, you know what I mean? They just overanalyze everything and sometimes I sub I think that's another subconscious uh, mind trick that our own brains play on us as an excuse to not take action and continue eating hamburger helper or following through with our old decisions. Do people even eat hamburger helper anymore? Side note there, that just came to my head. I think a better, more relevant um, example would be ordering Uber Eats, right? So instead of just choosing something that clearly is a lot healthier than Taco Bell, you spend hours over um, agonizing over every single ingredient and potential flaw in a recipe just as a way to revert back to old unhealthy behaviors. I talk about this a lot in episode 67. So the next time that you're stuck in that analysis mode, you have to remember that successful people start before they feel 100% ready. You're never going to feel 100% ready. And then you can kind of just figure out the rest on the way. So I hope this episode inspired you. I hope it motivated you to stop overthinking and just commit to making a change, right? Stop sifting through different options. This is some, some takeaway advice I'll leave you with here. I tell this to a lot of clients and I always am afraid that I sound like I'm offending them, but I tell people to just kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. If something's got too many rules, restrictions, criteria, hoops you have to jump through, it's probably not the best idea. So to keep it simple, go back to common sense, don't make it overcomplicated on yourself and just take it one day at a time. And if you need a little guidance, if you're not sure how to get started, please feel free to reach out to one of our dietitians. The best way to do that is to apply for our daily accountability program. There is no risk in applying. I mean, the best thing that can happen is we reach out to you, we tell you about the program, you're like, yep, this is what I need, and we get you into the next cycle. It always starts on the first of the month. So we jump on a call, we get all of this information from you, we kind of go into detective mode and we ask all these questions about your eating, your goals, your lifestyle, and then we hold you accountable to a very digestible but effective plan for 30-day cycles. And if that's not what you want, if that's not your thing, well, then we help direct you in a direction that is going to be helpful. You jump on a call with us and we give you some practical advice and tell you what your best next steps are, whether that's working with us in a different medium or going to someone else that's better suited for your needs, a better expert. So to apply for the DAP program, www.nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. going to put that link in the bio. All right, guys, so it is time for me to wrap this podcast up. But if you found this helpful, please share it on Instagram. That is the most helpful for us because we're not trying to be like the number one nutrition podcast on Apple or whatever. We're really just trying to reach a certain group of people who need help with nutrition and diet in a very practical not sexy, but very useful manner. I mean, we make these podcasts essentially for our clients. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're not a client, but you still found it useful, you can share it with somebody else in your life who you know could really use this help. 
We are not running ads. We don't get any money from this podcast. I think I make point. I think I make two cents per listen, which I don't even know if it's two cents or point zero two cents. So we don't run ads. Um, the best way you can support us is just by sharing this on Instagram. Only if you found it valuable. There's no other fee. There's no other cost. All right, guys, I'm going to hop off because I've got a client coming in in 30 minutes, but I'll catch you on the next episode. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real 